0: Hello and you're listening to FP Cast, the podcast for freelance pursuits where we bullshit about the week in pop culture. I'm Luke. And I'm Jacinta. And this week we're talking about... Movies. Television. Television. Collectibles.
1: Collectibles. Videos.
0: Mediocrity, mediocrity, yeah. mediocrity.
1: Yeah, a little bit. Yeah.
0: Meh, meh, meh. Three underwhelming blockbusters to talk about today.
1: Yeah. Oh, I
0: thought you were just talking about the show in general. Oh well, it's been a while. Yeah. Uh, been three weeks, I think, since we've uh, done a mm-hmm. show. Mm-hmm. Uh, because you know, doing the normal fortnightly thing, and then you. Uh, got the allergy.
1: Yeah, I got the, like, the plague. Like I haven't been this sick in years, and honestly, I probably shouldn't be doing this one, but I am, so enjoy it. Yeah, folks. you
0: still do not sound very well, so mm. uh, there might be some coughing. I'm going to try and edit out most yeah. of it, but uh, let's be realistic. But uh, that no, means... No,
1: no, no, nobody got no time for that.
0: No, that's right. Nah. We, we've got uh, quite a few movies to catch up with, so that's going to really be our focus today. Mm. We're going to talk about three big... Four four big blockbusters, one I haven't seen. Uh, three that are kind of... Could be better, and one that uh, apparently is very good. Yeah. So we're going to talk about Godzilla. We're going to talk about X-Men. We're going to talk about Men in Black. And then you saw Rocket Man. As well, We've got a couple of What to Watch Challenge films to catch up with. So uh, I think we're really just going to focus on the films and Mm. uh, churn out uh, a big podcast of movie talking stuff.
1: Sounds like it.
0: Sounds very professional.
1: Yeah.
0: Sounds very good. You know, look, haven't been in this uh, water for a while, so dipping the toe in, just, you know, getting comfortable, getting the temperature right. It's a metaphor. It's
1: only been three weeks. It hasn't been three years. It feels
0: like three years, though, doesn't it?
1: really
0: you don't think no okay well fuck you (laughs) i think we're not very uh in that oh that movie was shit camp you know we tend to not do that Mm. and uh, i don't think we'll be doing that today either but uh i think the thing that frustrates me the most with a film that's a little underwhelming is when it's uh like really a missed opportunity and i think there's some missed opportunities In the films that we're going to talk about. So, should we talk about them um, chronologically from when we saw them? I've grouped Mm -hmm. Godzilla, X-Men and Men in Black, just because they're all sequels to franchise movies. Mm -hmm. And then maybe you can talk about Rocket Man after that. Mm -hmm. But uh, Godzilla was the first one we saw. Yes. And I think, for me, it's probably the best of the three.
1: Uh, Yeah, probably. Yeah, I think it's um, visually, it's interesting at least, where the other two aren't really at all.
0: And it has, like, really good action.
1: Yeah, the monsters look so good. And the monster fights are pretty satisfying and fun.
0: The monster fights are amazing. I love the monsters. I, I think it's, there's so much craft and love put into the actual battles. And then the human side and all the human scenes are just garbage.
1: Yeah, I did, I did enjoy uh, Kyle Chandler. You must be out of your goddamn mind! That made me laugh.
0: Well, I mean, this is really the week to reflect on actors and just what a shitty thing it is to be an actor Mm. because there are people that I love in all three of these movies, people who I've uh, really, really enjoyed in the past, Mm. and uh, they're doing performances that are just... uh, in characters and speaking dialogue that just makes me irritated by these people. Mm. Like... I almost need to watch Game Night again to remember how great Carl Chandler is, mm. because he's playing just such a facsimile of a person. Like, none of those people feel like real adults in a world that have real lives and interact with each other and have relationships with each other mm. or anything. It's just uh, very, very exposition-heavy. And I think that was the biggest disappointment for me, because... That first Godzilla film almost was a thing. Like, it was kind of a a film film. And it was quite realistic and interesting in in parts. Whereas this one just goes, No, we're the Monster Hunter people, and we're just jetting around the globe.
1: Yeah. I must say, though, that I... You know, I saw that first Godzilla once, and I couldn't really recall anything that happened from it. Like, it wasn't particularly memorable for me, but... There are things in this that I definitely will remember because they were impactful scenes and really visually interesting scenes.
0: Yeah, I do remember, like, human element stuff from the first one. You know, Brian Cranston has a really emotional exit in that film. There's all the um, things about, like, real-life kind of nuclear accidents and how, what the effect of that is and, you know, the characters on those rafts and flooded streets with gas masks on and things like that and, the parachuting people and this is just just big ah, it's pacific rim basically yeah without the mechs uh, with Carl chandler instead of uh, a dude in a mech suit but um that said i do appreciate the craft of the monster stuff i think the monsters are really believable and it's really loud and crazy and uh, i enjoyed that Mm. aspect even if every time the people you know i think there's a really good 40 minute movie in there And a lot of uh, disappointing sort of... You know, like... And I feel this with Men in Black too. I think we're going to be a lot of crossover. But that feeling of the kind of 90s blockbuster, the way that everybody talks to each other and Mm. interacts and the way that their characters are sort of thinly drawn stereotypes. And I think that those movies that really hit and are nice surprises are the movies that capture how people actually interact and, and talk and where you think oh this character's in a fantastic situation but at the same time there's a relationship here that I can relate to because it's kind of like the way my friends and I talk to each mm. other or something like that um, you know I think Booksmart's going to be a really good example of that this year where it just sort of and, you know Pulp Fiction was like that when it first hit this idea of oh you know it's a gangster story and a crime story and a Pulp Fiction story but at the same time they're having these sort of conversations that mm. friends have which made them really relatable. And I don't see any of that in in something like Godzilla, even when they try to go, oh, here's Thomas Middleditch being the, um, you know, comic relief character. He's still just, it's a small fraction of what that guy's capable of. Mm. Yeah, so.
1: Mm. I think I gave it three.
0: I gave it three as well. And that was all for monsters. That's three stars and monster stuff. Mm -hmm. I give no stars to monster hunter stuff.
1: I mean, apparently... I would get half a, half a star to Cole Chandler. I you like, him. like him. Yeah, well, like you're going to
0: see him again in Godzilla vs. Kong by all accounts.
1: Yeah, that was a a bit of a sneak up one, wasn't it? I saw it on... Um, uh, that it had already, like, finished filming, basically, before this one had even been
0: released. Yeah, finished filming in April. Yeah. Which I didn't realise. I was thinking, like, oh, are they going to go ahead with it after this one? And then I was like, oh, they've yep. done it. It's it's in the can. And I don't mean the toilet. I mean, a film can.
1: But the thing is, like, like Godzilla's a good boy and Kong's a good boy. I don't want to watch good boys fighting each other.
0: Well, I'm sure there'll be another threat. And another a
1: T rex Another T-Rex?
0: I think they'll, you know, we know how this works. They'll exchange blows, they won't like each other, and then there'll be some mutual enemy. enemy, and then they'll become pals and they'll figure it out.
1: Mm.
0: Or they might just go halves in a blonde. Yeah, maybe. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, Godzilla doesn't seem that interested in it. Like, he just doesn't seem interested in just human bullshit. He's just like, oh, fuck's sakes, what have you done now?
0: Well, he's like a saviour, isn't he? Yeah. Like, bad stuff happens and he rises out of the ocean and goes, all right, you pricks, mm. come on, let me just sort this out with my atomic breath. There we go, mm. done. And then he goes back, whereas mm. his, uh, Kong is just kind of a perv. He's like just a total pussy hound.
1: Yeah. I mean, Kong also very much just wants to be left alone.
0: With Naomi Watts. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, can you blame him?
0: No, I can't. No. No. But, I mean, let's, you know, let's not sugarcoat what Kong's about. Mm. He's about them ladies. Mm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He's like um, the Charlie Sheen of uh, the monster world. I think Charlie Sheen is the Charlie Sheen of the monster Mm, world. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, that's Godzilla. Yeah. Uh, we saw this, this was one we saw a couple of weeks ago, so.
1: Yeah, and I mean, even if we'd, if we'd reviewed it straight afterwards, we probably wouldn't have had much more to say than that. Nah. Really. Monster Punch Monster.
0: It, fine. Well, I mean, I, I know that reading into it, there are a lot of Easter eggs and a lot of references to various Toho original Godzilla movies and mm-hmm. the way these creatures have been treated and the way these creatures have a- appeared before. And I think that if you're a real fan of that stuff, then you're probably going to get a lot more out of it than mm. I did. Um, so, you know, I respect that they want to pay homage to all that. And maybe something like um, the Monarch Monster Hunter people is more in line with the kind of stories that have been told in the past. I don't know. Mm. But uh, for me, it, it, it's... Quite alienating. Mm. But some really fucking great memorable images yeah. in that film. And King Ghidorah
1: looked so good. Yeah.
0: So, uh, and there was an after credit scene, which we didn't stay for, apparently. tell yeah. you about that later. Yeah. Uh, it has Charles Dance in it. Oh, yeah. And mm. I was like, I thrilled he was alive.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Because you, like, you never know. I need to put a Google alert. Charles Dance. Death. <laughs> X-Men Dark Phoenix. This is the one... This is my least favourite of the three. And this is the one I'm most frustrated with. Because it's on built on just such a ridiculously shaky foundation. That you just like... What the fuck are you... Like, it's like they're actively eroding goodwill.
1: Yeah. It's like... This is like the final nail in a coffin that had a nice... Really nice solid hardwood base... But then all the rest of the sides were made with like MDF.
0: Yeah. Like
1: after first class, it's just been a mess, and I, I don't I don't know how it's gone downhill so quickly from there. But it's it's crazy. It's just crazy.
0: Like for the the biggest thing about this film is it has zero need to exist. It's telling the Dark Phoenix story, a, f- a story that's already been told in an X Men film, mm. with some sort of plot MacGuffin variations, Mm. but the exact same emotional story beats all the way through it. So you feel like you're hearing a cover plate of something that you've seen before. Mm. And then I don't know how that fits into the idea of... I thought that these actors were the younger versions of the characters we've seen before, but of course it doesn't fit into the continuity because... The not anymore, because nineteen
1: ninety two to two thousand, Michael Fassbender suddenly becomes Ian McKellen.
0: Yeah, and the future that they show can't exist now, and yeah. le- and characters are there and not there. It just so it's all just fucked up. So there's a big wang in the continuity soup. But beyond that, it, it just offers no surprises. In fact, it's kind of frustrating because you're so far ahead of. Charles has meddled with her mind. She's going to get really upset. She's going to do... St- mm-hmm. You know, you're so ahead of the story and going, well, I kind of want to get past these beats to see if it's going to take me somewhere where I'm not expecting. And then it doesn't. In mm-hmm. fact, it's a relatively short movie for something mm-hmm. like this. It's uh, about an hour and three quarters. And it does not feel like an event in the slightest. In fact, the... It feels
1: like a plot. It just sort of plods along and takes you to a few different locations and then ultimately wraps up in pretty much the way that you expect it to. I was concerned that they weren't going to do that and that they were going to tie everything up for a nice happy ending. So I'm kind of glad, I guess, that they did go down that route, but I was just like, ugh,
0: ugh. But even then, I mean, the third act climax pretty much starts at about the quarter, an hour and quarter mark. Yeah. You know, like there's not a lot of this film. The whole Dark Phoenix conundrum sort of passes through Jean like a Cold. Uh. Your sickness hit you harder than Dark Phoenix <laughs> hits yeah, her.
1: Yeah, her um, her solar flare, Dark Phoenixy thing actually made her feel a lot better.
0: Yeah, yeah, and and it's so over and done with quickly. Uh, and it's such a joyless film. Mm. So lacking in banter and character and charisma.
1: Yeah, and especially compared to yeah, First Class, where there was that, you know, you. F- felt the connection the characters had with each other it was funny it was charismatic and and this has like it's it's giving you the, like the worst possible versions of these characters like they're all so just wretched now it's about, like charles sucks
0: yeah there's about 30 seconds of kind of genuine enjoyable action where you go oh wow that looks cool mm. towards the end of this film but up until then it feels kind of awkward and cheap the yeah. costumes look worse than they ever have it looks total cosplay mm. and I'm still pissed that I've said this many times, that the end of X-Men Apocalypse shows them in costumes which are closest to their 90s counterparts than we've ever seen, bit of colour, unique looks, and you go, oh, well, fuck, you had that up your sleeve, but you waited till the end of the movie. Mm. At least we'll see him in the next movie. Nope. Gets rid of all of that. And this fucking cast, the fact that you've got... Fassbender, McAvoy, Chastain. Mm. You've got Nicholas Holt. You've got fucking... um, Jennifer Lawrence. Yeah. (laughs) It's just... Even, like, fucking Evan Peters. Mm. You know, all really interesting, accomplished people. And you give them absolutely nothing to do. Mm. And you actively kind of dislike some of them. is really... Just such a misfire. Mm. Like, um, I, I was thinking about this with Mystique. I mean, the idea that she would even be the leader is so fucking wacky anyway, considering her origins and if we're mm-hmm. assuming the same timeline. But um, she does so little in this film. And when you think about those early X-Men where she's so kind of slinky and ruthless and those mm. classic shots of her like sliding along the floor and that weird kind of exotic music that would play yeah. when she was about to do something and twisting her legs around people's necks and doing mm. all this crazy stuff and she that's does not even feel like the same character mm. and so much so that there's that shot where there's fans seeing the x-men and this little kid holds up a mystique action figure mm. and it's the naked mystique <laughs> action yeah. figure yeah. And it's so far removed from Naked Mystique mm. that you just go, this kid's a perp!" <laughs> like, what the fuck's that? Why is the kid strip that doll? And, like, holding it up, going, i sing your titties. Uh, That's why like she, she
1: looks at him uh, weird. She's I like, know. Woof. It's,
0: like, fucking strange. I mean, Fassbender, for me, acquits himself the best, even though he's got some dumb fuck dialogue.
1: But, yeah, he uh, is by far the MVP of this, this film. But he turns up pretty late. 54 minutes to be precise, because I was fucking counting. Don't you worry about that.
0: Yeah, so if you're going to go and see this in the cinema, turn up 54 minutes late, (laughs) catch Fassbender uh, on a little island in Hertzman Lake, and then uh, bear in mind that about 20 minutes (laughs) later, the final act is going to start, and uh, this whole thing is going to be over (laughs) with pretty soon. So it really goes out with a whimper. I think the other thing that frustrates me is... Like, I don't mind experiments. I don't mind failed experiments. I don't mind people, like, really going out there with something and and doing something and failing. But I feel like the template is so there for Simon Kinsberg, the Mm. writer and director. Like, you have so many successful movies and contemporary movies and contemporary superhero movies, plus 11 other X-Men movies which have highs and lows where you can really go, well, what do people connect with? What mm. makes one of these work? What doesn't make it work? What are the moments that people remember and talk about? Mm. And he still just fucked it up. I don't know how that can happen in a same year when we have Endgame and Captain Marvel and Spider-Man mm. that someone so off course. And I think that that's what's going to happen is... Marvel are going to take back X-Men. They're going to finally do their own version of it and integrate it into the MCU. And these movies like Dark Phoenix are just not even going to exist in the public consciousness.
1: Mm, yeah, which the the really frustrating thing about these newer X-Men movies is that that core cool cast is really good. Like Fassbender McAvoy, um, Evan Peters as Quicksilver is, is really great. Their Nightcrawler is really good. Um, and you, I like the new Storm a lot she's yeah, cool yeah the new Storm is great I mean it's always a losing battle with Scott isn't it because Scott fucking sucks no matter who you cast as don't is it just the glasses I was thinking I, that cause I don't know I was like, like he always sucks though like, I, like, like, yeah. I like James Marsden but he sucks as Scott yeah because Scott sucks
0: and I'm looking at Ty Sheridan and I don't know if it's just because it's, you just look like a total fucking douche bro walking around mm. inside wearing mm. those glasses all the time. Mm. But I just, yeah, I was just like, fuck you,
1: Scott. I know. You suck. Which, I mean, you know, is like they've done their job right then because everybody fucking hates Scott. But the annoying thing is if this does go back to Marvel, then surely they're going to want to recast, which is such a shame because these guys are pretty Good, Like, I really enjoy them as these characters.
0: Well, they've got a choice. I mean, they could do this whole multiverse angle thing and go, we're going to pull you in from that Mm. universe. But there is so much bad will generated now that I don't know if it's a good idea. And I think that you want charisma. Mm. Like, you want that lightness. I, I think that's something interesting... That uh, read that about the Spider Man. I think we've talked about that before. When they said why they haven't done the J Jonah Jameson thing, be- mm. and it was like we don't want it to be like something you've seen before, and it's hard to do it without it being mm. something you've seen before. And you know, you're gonna, and if it doesn't have that sort of impact of the J K Simmons, you're gonna be like, oh, well, what are they doing? Why bother? Yeah. And I think that is their biggest challenge now going forward with X-Men Fantastic Four or everything, Mm. just finding that way. How do we bring this in without rehashing anything and showing any sort of origin story or something where you feel all the the beats? Mm. And I think they did that so successfully with Spider-Man because they didn't show you the origin. They introduced him in a movie that was already really packed and telling a completely different story. Mm -hmm. But it absolutely worked. And I think you need to do that with the X-Men and and the Fantastic Four. Like, you have to assume that we are in this saturation point now where everybody knows what they need to know about the origins of these characters. And you Mm can certainly reference them in the films. But let's hit the ground running. Let's Mm -hmm. show a fully formed X-Men. Because I was thinking that because it's like... If you go back to, you know, issue one of X-Men and you go, well, we're going to have Beast, Angel, Iceman, Cyclops and Gene and Professor X. It kind of feels a bit dull. Yeah. And then you go, well, and then we have to bring in Magneto and, you know, suddenly you've seen this all before. Whereas I think the thing we've never seen... Is that '90s X Men, X Men Blue, X Men Gold? I would even like go fuck it, man. Let's do two X Men movies in one year, and let's do X Men Blue and X Men Gold because they were split into two teams. Uh. They were interesting teams. One team had Wolverine, Jubilee, Gambit, Rogue, mm. Beast. It was a good, good te- team. Psylocke. It was a good team. <laughs> and the other one had like Colossus, and Iceman. and which team was Cyclops on? Oh, yeah. well, I the think shit he- team. no, he was on Blue. He was on the good team, I think. Oh. But uh, he was the leader of Blue Team. I think Storm was the leader of Gold Team. Okay. So, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I want to see those characters mm. that we haven't seen. And I think just the the huge ace up at their sleeve is just the fact that they can introduce a new Wolverine. You know, that, that's going to mm. be big. People are all going to want to see that. Mm. So, see what happens. But, uh, yeah, this is not worth the effort, I don't think. And we knew that going into it. I. Mm. It's just hard, like... I, part of it's because we do this show, but I can't live in a world where I know there's an X-Men movie or a Batman movie or something out there and I haven't seen it. Even a mean black movie, you know what I mean? It's like, it's a cultural milestone. It's a, a pop culture, big blockbuster release. I've got to see it.
1: Yeah. I, um, yeah, I agree on X-Men. Obviously, I I was keen to see that. I probably could have waited for men in black if i'm brutally honest i don't think i've ever even seen all of the originals
0: yeah right yeah. yeah i was wondering that if you'd seen the third one because that sort of came and went without a lot of fanfare yeah i don't i
1: don't think so i would have I've, like i've obviously definitely seen the first one and maybe saw the second one at the movies and i don't think i've ever actually seen the third one
0: third one's got jermaine clement as the villain oh i don't think so then yeah and he's very good uh, yes, yeah, so we saw Men in Black this morning, hmm. and sure did. It goes back to that central problem I was talking about before for me—that idea of it feels like a '90s blockbuster. None of these characters feel remotely like real people with real relationships or any sort of real history. In fact, and I don't think about things like this that often, but because they should be pretty invisible when you're watching a movie. But even in sequences where, like, Hemsworth's escaping something and then there's the shot of them walking down a path having escaped and I, I mm. don't even feel like there's anything happened in between. Mm. I, I just feel like Hemsworth has just walked onto set. Like, that's mm. how constructed it feels to me. Like, I don't I don't feel I'm watching an actual story where all the events are threading together. I feel like I'm watching, okay, an action, and now we're doing a scene. Mm. Um, so, yeah, like, he's not... I mean, I love Chris Hemsworth, but I found him irritating in this just because the, the character's so one note and has this sort of affectation that, that it just ke- he keeps doing again and again and again. And like the whole movie, it's it's all about thinking that it's funnier and more charming than it actually is.
1: Yeah, and it's definitely, I mean, not that this hasn't happened before, but it's a, a character that you keep being told that He's very good at what he does, and he's going to be a leader someday. And he's just that good, and he's the best guy. And I'm like, really?
0: Yeah. What? Is, what has he
1: shown us to show us that he's good or worthy of,
0: of any yeah. of these
1: titles? There's nothing really.
0: No, and he doesn't have any particularly cool scenes, like even action yeah. scenes or anything. And I love the idea of the casting of him and mm. Tessa Thompson. I mean, that was the big draw that got me excited yeah, again. Because they should have chemistry. Yeah. But even her, like, I love the idea that one of our men in black is a, a, a black female character. Mm. But she's written very blandly. Like, she's the straight person. Mm. She doesn't have um, many quirks or flaws or anything. And she's just not that interesting. Whereas... You know, that first Men in Black trades a lot on the dynamic between Will Smith and Tommy Lee Jones and how white, uh, sort of white, straight-laced, conservative, old-school, gruff mm. Tommy Lee Jones is and how sort of young and fresh and prince uh, <laughs> Will Smith is. Mm-hmm. Whereas this doesn't really mm. find a way to settle them and then throws in a little CGI alien to try to do some of the heavy lifting mm. But, yeah, it's just not a funny movie. Like, it's a movie that's trying to be funny. It's making jokes all the way through. But we Mm. sat there with a... You know, it wasn't a very big audience, but it was a mainstream Mm. weekend audience. And, you know, a lot of stuff that plays broad, which I roll my eyes at, people... No, I don't really roll my eyes at anything, but people will laugh at. Mm. And no one really laughed at all in this movie. It was just a very quiet... I kind of felt sorry for the people.
1: Yeah, it was... um uh, yeah like I would I would have forgiven a lot of this film if it was funnier and you know that Chris Hemsworth can be funny because he's been funny in a bunch of stuff before and you know Tessa Thompson's great and obviously everybody loves her and so I, I, I don't think it's their issue but just I don't know I think they were just given shitty scripts and being made to sell it more than they were capable
0: yeah because I mean okay let's look at Tessa Thompson for example and, and what you just said there when we, we she stands out in something like Creed because mm. she's playing Truth, mm. she's absolutely a believable person in the world, mm. which is fantastic. But then you see her in something like um,
1: in Ragnarok, so, she was a
0: bit new. Yeah, you see something like Sorry for bothering you, sorry, sorry, sorry for, to bother you. to bother you, yeah. yeah where she's playing comedy, but she's getting to play a character which is just really out there mm. and where she gets to make some choices and have some moments mm. and do some crazy things. Whereas this doesn't give her that. It it wants to empower the female character and tell us how smart she is and how strong she is and mm. how quick to learn she is and everything. And that's all great, but let's even move beyond that because I'm already on board with all that mm. stuff. Like, And I know not everybody is, and maybe you do need to sort of broadly educate people about mm-hmm. that stuff still. But I look forward to a point where she's the co-lead and gives us something that we just love, like mm. a character that we just love.
1: Because
0: mm. she looks great. And, you yeah. know, they turned up and they did the work, but um they were let down by the material. And same with Hemsworth. I've said this before. That there are times where I don't know if it's because hollywood particularly sees him as such a fun novelty because that's what i always feel like mm-hmm. he's a novelty it's like oh he's this australian guy and he's really good looking and he's kind of funny and he'll that'll just carry it that'll be enough
1: yeah i felt like this was almost a step back <clears throat> really in that the couple of comedy things that we have seen him do he felt like almost a, a revelation like holy shit chris Hemsworth can do this yeah but this movie didn't really feel like it was giving him that much comedy. It just felt like they were uh, leaning on him turning up, flashing his baby blues, and then that was going to be enough.
0: Yeah. Which is a shame. Like, he can do so much more than this. Like, they think that it'll just carry it. Because mm. that's part of his best comedy stuff is actually when the character is not aware of how funny he is. Mm. Whereas this is a character that's trying to be funny and charming. Whereas you look at him in um, National Lampoon's Vacation, (laughs) where he's so oblivious to the things that Mm. make him a funny character. And even in Ghostbusters. He's really funny in Ghostbusters. He's he's oblivious to why he's funny. Like, he's got this sincerity Mm. about him. And this doesn't have that. Mm. So that, that was a real shame. And then... You know, the alien stuff. There's some cool guns and things like that. We've seen all that before. Mm -hmm. Uh, A lot of the aliens are people with CGI faces. Mm -hmm. You know, there's there's not a lot of crazy shapes and set pieces and innovative stuff. It's just a lot of clashes with humanoid people. Mm. And that, I think, makes it feel really small. As opposed to...
1: Feeling like there's a
0: big universe.
1: Like, the whole point is that they're defending the universe... We're defending the Earth from the universe, and you just don't see enough of
0: it. No, it's just a lot of, like, one-on-one, two-on-two kind of yeah. fights with humanoid people.
1: Yeah, and they sort of tease, oh, we're going to go and visit this, you know, lady that such-and-such that, um, such has had a history with, and she's an alien. you're like, oh, great. Look forward to this. Oh, no, it's a human-looking person.
0: I, and okay. and and the most fucked costume in my opinion. Yeah. In the, in the whole. It film. Looked, She looked really stupid. It's really awkward yeah. and disappointing and kind of fancy dressy. Yeah. Who was that? Was that Elsa Pataki? Oh, was that Re- his wife? No. Was it Rebecca Ferguson? Oh, was it? Okay. I think it was Rebecca Ferguson. Okay. And yeah, but there is a. I, but I I feel you. I only know because I looked in the, the credits at the oh, okay. end. Okay. But um, I was thinking, who is that? Yeah. And it's funny you say that because it's it's that sort of casting where I reached for that myself for a moment where Mm -hmm. I was like, this is connection casting. This is where, Mm -hmm. oh, wouldn't it be cool if this person that I'm associated with had the role as opposed to anything that made sense? Mm -hmm. It's actually really fucking confusing because of his little relationship with that other alien earlier Mm -hmm. on in the film. That When they were talking about him and the relationship with the alien, I thought they were talking about the one we'd already seen before. Oh, okay. And then when this other person came in, I was like, oh, so now it's a different one. And mm. then I was like, I kept waiting for the gimmick. I was like, well, <laughs> what? Is her alien power that she has bad hair? Yeah, and is she going to, like, is there another stage to this? Mm. And it kind of Does she evolve the- like a Pokemon? No, not really. Yeah. So it's just... And it's what, again, like what I felt with X-Men. This idea of... What about this do you think is entertaining? Like, you're putting this out there, but but what's the entertaining part to you? Why have you made this choice out of all these other choices? Why mm. do you think that we're going to be thrilled to see this thing?
1: Yeah, this isn't a movie that is a lot of fun to go and pay and see at the cinema. This is an okay movie to have on on a Sunday afternoon while you're folding your washing.
0: Yeah, agree. That's that's yeah. the
1: movie it is, but it's not a it's not a cinema event.
0: No. No. And now I've just psyched myself out because I'm thinking, hang on, I'm putting this out. What do I think about it's entertaining? It's talking about how men in black it's like men in black. Yeah. It's a very is that mes- entertaining to we're people.
1: We're very Are you up.
0: entertained? No. I'm saying like, Oh, this film's like Find it, like is less if charming I, and funny than it thinks it is if only it could be
1: funnier then it would be good yeah. yeah
0: is that like me looking at the man in the mirror
1: yeah maybe no i mean you know it's it's a very meta show isn't it
0: yeah 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 so mm. yeah 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 all right uh i thought you know three movies gosh we'll be able to talk about them for an hour no no nah. no Nah. Well, that's what you get when they're kind of like, meh. 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 Yeah. Well, there you go. So, uh, tread warily, young viewer. And if any of you have seen any of these films, I'd love to know what you thought. Because uh, if there was joy to be found in them, I would love to hear about it. Um, I, I had some joy in Godzilla.
1: Hmm.
0: I had about... Forty, thirty, forty seconds.
1: Yeah, spend a joy in <laughs> X Men. Oh, I had I had about fifty four minutes of anger, and then I was placated for the rest of the movie a
0: little bit. And I did particularly enjoy. I I still enjoyed watching Tessa Thompson. Yeah, I didn't enjoy Chris Mirth as much as I thought I would. No, I just kept thinking like you you, you need something better than this. Mm. But then at the same time, I think. You know, if you were Hemsworth or Hemsworth Hemsworth's agent or something like that, and it's like, yeah do you want to star in a relaunch of Men in Black? It'd be like, yeah, do that. Yeah. You know, and with Tessa Thompson, yeah. So mm. it sounds good. Mm. Sounds really good on paper. So, let's thing, all these actors, man, they're turning up. They're there. They, they still there for the same amount of time. So give them something to do. Mm. Fuck yeah. Yeah. All right. Why don't you talk about Rocket Man because you like that. Okay,
1: yes, yes, we'll bring a little uh, scrap of positivity to uh, the the episode today. Uh, So Rocketman came out a few weeks ago, obviously, so probably a lot of people have already seen it and may have formed their own opinions on it. Um, It's a biopic, obviously, of Elton John, played by Taron Egerton, also starring uh, Jamie Bell, Richard Madden, um, and who's the one who's not Jessica Chastain? Bryce Dallas Howard.
0: She's you in can't it. mix them together. They're redhead people. Um, Bryce Dallas Howard has a couple of other things that well, make I don't, her stand out. I don't look
1: at those. And um, she had like a, a dark wig on, and so I thought that she was actually um, Gemma Artisan for like the entire movie until the credits came up, and I went, oh, shit, okay, mm. yeah. So it's hard to not compare this film to Bohemian Rhapsody, really, um, given the, the close proximity of them to each other. But it's a completely different um, different kettle of fish, really, where Bohemian Rhapsody is trying to present itself as the truth, and a from A to B, telling of events, this is not. This is uh, the memories of one person, of events that have taken place, and so the telling of the story is coloured by how he felt and how people and situations made him feel. And it's a musical uh, in the sense that people randomly break out into song instead of just like in Bohemian Rhapsody, where it'd be like, how are we are going to record Bohemian Rhapsody and we're going to do weird shit in the studio and bang some gongs and there's mm. there's none of that really. I have to say that at this point of the year, this is my favourite movie. So okay, I, 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 I really loved it.
0: I heard someone else <laughs> say that at a dinner party last night.
1: Yeah, it's got that mix of sort of that the joy of something like uh, like Sing Street, mixed with that uh, you know real debauchery of Velvet Goldmine, but it doesn't go quite as far as Velvet Goldmine. You don't see Taron Egerton's dick in this, sadly. Um, there is quite a, uh, a steamy sex scene between Taron Egerton and Richard Madden, which was... Um, some of the older folk in the audience got a bit, oh, God, had over that. Had to
0: pat their foreheads down with yeah, their
1: handkeres. Yeah, it's still... like Just like in Bohemian Rhapsody where there was a bit of a titter through the crowd when, you know, a man kissed another man. It happened here as well. It's like, don't you know... Anything about these people whose films you are coming to no, see? No,
0: they came to see some Crocodiles Rock.
1: Yeah. Um, but no, it's uh, Taron Edgerton is unbelievable in this. Like, he sings. He sings all the songs. Um, and his performance is so, so good. Like, honestly, if Rami Malek won an Oscar for Bohemian Rhapsody, Taron has to at least get a nomination. I mean, I don't know what the strength of the rest of the field is going to be like for next year. But um, he was he was unbelievable. He did a really, really
0: great job. Oh, good on you, Taron. Good yeah. on you, Eggsy. Yeah. Good lad.
1: Um, yeah, no, I really loved it. I just love the uh, fantasy elements of it, and there's just so much great production. And a lot of people have said, oh, Elton John shouldn't have been involved in the making of his own um, movie. And it's like, well, no, he should have. Like, that's the whole, there. That's the whole point of it, that this is his memory. This isn't a, you know, and there's been people saying, like, the his father's, like, uh, second family sort of saying, oh, well, we don't like how he portrayed our father and it's like well that's how your dad made him made him feel bad so he's portraying him as a bad person like there's not much to you know there's not much wiggle room on that interpretation like it's pretty straightforward so i really enjoyed it for that um that element that it is just such a fantasy it's not claiming to necessarily be the truth it's just one person's memory of events
0: seen through his own star choked <coughs> out eyes. Yeah. yeah, okay, cool. Yeah, really I, like, I will catch it at mm. some point, Um, if not at the cinema as soon as it uh, comes out. Mm. In other formats, just briefly as well, I mean, I finally succumbed, and you did too. Everyone's talking about Chernobyl. <laughs> oh, yeah. Watch that. Mm. I watched it all yesterday. Oh, fuck, it's good. Oh, I know. i, and, and I just um, so much more effective than any, like, I'm a ghosty horror movie or anything. Mm. It's like, it's a real life zombie thing. Yeah. Because, you know, like zombies, you get infected and then... It takes a while. Horrible things happen and Mm. you touch other people and you get infected. And and you just think, Christ, like, nuclear stuff is scary. Yes. It turns men into pizza. Mm. They start, like, getting pepperoni bursting out all over them and then their skin turns to cheese and then it's like, oh, mamma mia... Uh, that fireman is a spicy pizza.
1: I was getting so angry at the um, the wife of the the fireman. They kept going, "Don't do this," and she's like, "Okay, I won't do it." And then she just kept doing it, Stripped and I was like, yeah. "Woman!" And then out of everybody, she was fine. Uh, Fucking
0: what? It was it was really good. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> and gripping and scary and, mm. um, and and as well, like I think. And it's the- so
1: frustrating because. You know, and I feel it obviously has some um, similarities to climate change and stuff these days, but there's so many people in this Chernobyl series going, hey, I know about this stuff, um, and this is what's happening. And there's people who know nothing about that stuff who are in positions of power going, no, that can't possibly be happening. And they're going, no, but we have evidence saying that this is what's happening. They're going, no, 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 you
0: don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, it's so weird because you you watch these things and you see them dramatized like this, and, and it seems so clear... And you see or Even when you're seeing the actual footage, I assume, of the news reports. Because there's mm. that Peter Jennings report that's in there. Yep. And then there's that Russian news report mm. in there. And you think... as um, You know, like I work in a school and you, you look at media and you study media. I did that at university. And you look mm. at something and you... And it seems so clear. Just from even just the visuals and everything. You're hearing people talk and you're like, this is not true. Like, you guys have mm. so got it wrong. And you think oh, but aren't we so much smarter than that now? And then you think, oh, no, fucking Trump is president. Like, they've got Mm -hmm. a reality TV show host Mm -hmm. who just lies about everything and has, like, so many obvious agendas. He's up there, and and it's, like, worse than it's ever been. Mm -hmm. So fuck knows what sort of things could happen and we wouldn't, you know, know about it. Mm -hmm. And it really struck me just, like, what a fucking huge problem something like that is like a logistical problem mm. like once it's happened and it, and there's all the victims and everything but this idea of oh we've got this exposed core which can is basically going to wipe out huge parts of the world mm. so what do we do well throw some sand on it and then it's like okay but how, how? the fuck do you do that when everyone who gets mm. slightly close i mean you know, you take your kids out on a bridge to watch a mm. f- fire in the middle of the night. And then and have
1: a radioactive snow falling on everybody. And, yeah. You know,
0: you're fucking, you're dead. Yeah. And all because um, that prick with the moustache, mm. he was like the Gordon Ramsay of nuclear mm-hmm. reactor people, wasn't he? He was just all like, just do it, you fucking Muppet. <laughs> yeah. uh, good stuff. So if you haven't watched um, Chernobyl sure that will have gotten you excited to uh, give that a a, a a quick gee whiz. I mean, squiz. All right. Well, let's just do our What to Watch Challenge movies. We'll only mm-hmm. do two each today. Mm-hmm. and then Because I'm behind. You are behind. Yeah. And then we'll catch up on uh, next month's, or this current month's, uh, next time. So we finished the costume designs. We had to do a film with costumes by Sandy Powell. Mm. I did Wolf of Wall Street, which mm-hmm. I had never seen. I was very surprised that it. only came out a couple of years ago. Yeah, yeah, we've yeah. been up on most... I just things. had a... I don't know. I had a kind of barrier there. I just didn't mm. want to... I don't know. It just didn't appeal to me. I felt like it was going to be um, a slog. Mm. And I felt like it would be really off-putting with the revolting white guy's excess kind of thing. Mm. And it is revolting and there is a lot of excess and there's a lot of horrible things in there but it's fucking entertaining Mm. and leo is just a joy to watch because Mm -hmm. he's having the time of his life and it's so much funnier and crazier than i expected Mm -hmm. i had seen black monday the um comedy with don cheadle the uh, wall street market crash Mm. comedy set in the 80s and i I said to friends oh look it's so wacky and over the top and crazy you've got to see it it's like wall street but it's really taken to the extreme and then i watched wolf of wall street and i was like oh no this is way mm. wackier and this is like way more over the top mm-hmm. um it's just crazy just so, this, his
1: car journey where he's like no no this is all going fine and then you cut to reality and it's like that's
0: that's probably my favorite scene in it yeah it's so good so really enjoyed that and um i thought margot robbie's costumes are amazing
1: Mm, I bet you did. Yeah. Mm.
0: Yeah, yeah. Very um, sheer.
1: Mm. I watched... uh, Pretty on brand. I watched The Young Victoria from 2009, I think. Obviously, a lot of, uh, you know, military and royal sort of frou-frou dresses here. And, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, they they look good, I guess. I don't know. Like, as a movie, it was a little bit snoozy because I've seen the... um, there was an ITV miniseries starring um, uh, Jenna Coleman as Victoria, and the miniseries is so good. It's really, really excellent. And, um, I look, I love Emily Blunt, but she's just not, uh, not doesn't quite have the spark of Jenna Coleman. In, I love in a bit of,
0: bit of Jenna Coleman.
1: It's, it's a really good series. I really, really enjoyed it. It's sort of a bit more, it's along the lines of The, the Crown, really. Like, it's a crownified version of Victoria's story, but it's really solid. You know what you like. Yeah, yeah, look, I, I know what I'm about. Um, Yeah, I mean, look, you know, the costumes are, are fine. There's a lot lot of variety, a lot, I mean, a lot of work
0: for her to do, but, uh, yeah, no, all look good. good. Well, I think if you're going to say frou-frou, you may as well say frock. Yes, there were frocks. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, and then the other one we saw was costumes by Walter Plunkett. Mm. I watched Forbidden Planet. Oh, okay. Which was a bit of fun. I've never seen that. Classic Mm. sci-fi movie starring a young Leslie Nielsen and uh, Robbie the Robot, um, about a group of uh, horny men that go to a forbidden planet and meet a robot and a scientist who's got a daughter and they all want to kiss her and touch her. Mm -hmm. Uh, But it was interesting. I think one of the things I really enjoyed about it is that revelation of, you know, nothing exists in a vacuum and the robot comes out. And this is like in the... 50s a robot comes out and um you know it's a person in a suit but it it looks convincingly as a robot it's not like completely person shaped it's Mm. big it's bulky it's got all these lights and things happening on it It starts talking about how many languages it can speak and you're like oh you just suddenly picture young george and go oh okay this is star wars Mm. is uh you know blinking to life in this kid's mind and i felt the same when i read some of the Vintage Flash Gordon Mm -hmm. Newspaper strips Which I know he was a fan of And you're seeing like Dale Arden in Slave bikinis And people fighting monsters In arenas and things Mm. And you're like Ah yeah Like this is the path To 20 years later We Mm. have this This film So I enjoyed it In in that aspect But um yeah I I think it was You know Not a favourite or anything But uh, Something uh, That is a part of Film history that I hadn't seen So
1: Yeah Mm. It's fine Yeah. Speaking of parts of film history, I watched Gone
0: with the Wind. No,
1: I have seen that. Four hours of Gone with the Wind. I didn't really know anything about this film apart from the sort of era that it was set in. Um, And goddamn, it's a journey. It wasn't as racist as I expected. I expected it to be pretty racist. Were you
0: disappointed? Huh? Were you disappointed? No, I
1: wasn't disappointed. I'd sort of steeled myself for some... um, uh, you know, language that that is not in my everyday vernacular. But um, no, it wasn't as overtly racist as I expected. So that was a a, a, a winning thing. A mixed, I, a mixed blessing. I um I got about fifteen minutes into this film and I was like, I hate this. Like I hate <laughs> every single person in this film. I hate everything that's going on. But eventually, I just got really hooked and I was really engaged for the full four hours. Like I didn't want to look at my phone. Um, the blessing was that it did have an intermission built in, so I could look at my phone and, you know, go to the loo, get a snack, all of that sort of thing. And I really appreciate that. But, um,
0: good on you gotten with the wind.
1: Yeah, no, it was very, um, very good. I did, like Scarlett O'Hara is such a dickhead. Like, she's such a shithead. And everyone's like, oh, this is the greatest romance of all time. I'm like, no, it's not. It's just Scarlett O'Hara treating people badly for four hours. That's
0: why he ultimately did not give a damn.
1: That It is. And at the end, I was like, damn, Brett, you fucking get out of there and you get yourself a better wife than her because she sucks. What about an Australian version? And he said, frankly, my dear, I don't give a shit. Yeah. You dickhead. Yeah. One big takeaway that I learned from this film is that if you fall off your horse, you definitely die. Because that happened multiple times. Mm. Like, someone went to jump over a fence on their horse, fell off, dead. And the kid jumps over a fence on the horse, dead. I'm like, oh, horses were very dangerous in those days. Well,
0: yeah. 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 I I saw Christopher Reeve do a lecture (laughs) on that. Yeah. He didn't die, though. Well.
1: At the time. Um... Yeah, so, again, the uh, costuming, given that it's four hours and it spans, uh, uh, I don't know, about ten years or so? 400 years. 400 years. And so they um, move through different era. Obviously, it starts when they're all uh, living in plantation life and then the war comes and then they're definitely not living in plantation life anymore. Um, So there's a few um, uh, different uh, circumstance changes that... uh, have to be costumed so there was there was again a lot to do in this film and while the dress is perhaps not to my taste uh they
0: were very impressively uh structured i suppose all right well well done walter plunkett uh this sounds like walter plunkett slam dunked it (laughs) so costumes were may june is mediterranean countries Mm. we're going italy greece spain portugal and uh, we should have had the Italy today, but we'll catch up on that mm-hmm. next time. Mm-hmm. Look forward to that. All right. Well, since how you're half dead mm-hmm. and we keep uh, editing out coffee, <laughs> I think we might leave it there. So thanks, everybody, for listening and for your patience as we sort of miss a week and, and catch up on everything. But uh, yeah, we'll be back next time uh, and we'll have a couple more. Like well, there's so many movies coming out at the moment. Yeah. Um, be lots more blockbusters to talk about story and spider mans yes toy story and spider man should be next time so uh look forward to that and uh thanks for listening go to for to find out everything else that we're doing you'll also find links to my other podcast dungeons and drongos which is a lot of fun zach is currently the dm there and you can hear his crazy story And uh, you can also find links to our social media, to our Patreon, if you want to be a real pal. And uh, also, you know, wherever you got this podcast, if they have the capacity to rate, review, or uh, even just tell a friend, tell your nan uh, about us, then that would be cool as well. Uh, But otherwise, tickety-tonk.